Section five of Germanal by Emile Zola, translated by Havelock Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Part one, Chapter five. Maheu, without looking at his watch, which she had left in his jacket, stopped and said, "One o'clock directly." Zachary, is it done? The young man had just been at the planking. In the midst of his labor, he had been lying on his back with dreamy eyes, thinking over a game of hockey of the night before. He woke up and replied, Yes, it will do. We shall see tomorrow. And he came back to take his place at the cutting. Levaque and Cheval had also dropped their picks. They were all resting. They wiped their faces on their naked arms and looked at the roof, in which slaty masses were cracking. They only spoke about their work. Another chance, murmured Cheval, of getting into loose earth. They didn't take account of that in the bargain. Rascals, growled Levaque. They only want to bury us in it. Zacharie began to laugh. He cared little for the work and the rest, but it amused him to hear the company abused. In his placid way, Maheu explained that the nature of the soil changed every twenty meters. One must be just. They could not foresee everything. Then, when the two others went on talking against the masters, he became restless and looked around him. Hush, that's enough. You're right, said Levaque, also lowering his voice. It isn't wholesome. A morbid dread of spies haunted them, even at this depth as if the shareholders coal while still in the seam might have ears that won't prevent me added cheval loudly in a defiant manner from lodging a brick in the belly of that damned dancer if he talks to me as he did the other day i won't prevent him i won't from buying pretty girls with a white skin this time zachary burst out laughing the head captain's love for pierron was a constant joke in the pit even catherine rested on her shovel at the bottom of the cutting holding her sides and in a few words told etienne the joke while maheu became angry seized by a fear which he could not conceal will you hold your tongue eh wait till you're alone if you want to get into trouble he was still speaking when the sound of steps was heard in the upper gallery almost immediately the engineer of the mine little negrel as the workmen called him among themselves appeared at the top of the cutting accompanied by danseur the head captain didn't i say so muttered Mayo. there's always someone there rising out of the ground paul negrel monsieur hambault's nephew was a young man of twenty-six refined and handsome with curly hair and brown moustache his pointed nose and sparkling eyes gave him the air of an amiable ferret of sceptical intelligence which changed into an abrupt authoritative manner in his relations with the workmen he was dressed like them and like them smeared with coal to make them respect him he exhibited a daredevil courage passing through the most difficult spots and always first when landslips or fire-damp explosions occurred here we are are we not dansert he asked the head captain a coarse-faced belgian with a large sensual nose replied with exaggerated politeness yes monsieur negrel here is the man who was taken on this morning 
both of them had slid down into the middle of the cutting they made etienne come up the engineer raised his lamp and looked at him without asking any questions good he said at last but i don't like unknown men to be picked up from the road don't do it again he did not listen to the explanations given to him the necessities of work the desire to replace women by men for the haulage he had begun to examine the roof while the pikemen had taken up their picks again suddenly he called out i say there maheu have you no care for life by heavens you will all be buried here oh it's solid replied the workman tranquilly what solid but the rock is giving already and you are planting props at more than two metres as if you grudged it ah you are all alike you will let your skull be flattened rather than leave the seam to give these necessary time to the timbering i must ask you to prop that immediately double the timbering do you understand and in the face of the unwillingness of the miners who disputed the point saying that they were good judges of their safety he became angry go along when your heads are smashed is it you who will have to bear the consequences not at all it will be the company which will have to pay you pensions you or your wives i tell you again that we know you in order to get two extra trams by evening you would sell your skins maheu in spite of the anger which was gradually mastering him still answered steadily if they paid us enough we should profit better the engineer shrugged his shoulders without replying he had descended the cutting and only said in conclusion from below you have an hour set to work all of you and i give you notice that the stall is fined three francs a low growl from the pikemen greeted these words the force of the system alone restrained them that military system which from the trammer to the head captain ground one beneath the other chaval and levaque however made a furious gesture while maheu restrained them by a glance and zacharie shrugged his shoulders chaffingly but etienne was perhaps most affected since he had found himself at the bottom of this hell a slow rebellion was rising within him he looked at the resigned catherine with her lowered back was it possible to kill oneself at this hard toil in this deadly darkness and not even to gain the few pence to buy one's daily bread however negrel went off with dansart who was content to approve by a continual movement of his head and their voices again rose they had just stopped once more and were examining the timbering in the gallery which the pikemen were obliged to look after for a length of ten metres behind the cutting didn't i tell you that they care nothing cried the engineer and you why in the devil's name don't you watch them but i do i do stammered the head captain one gets tired of repeating things negrel called loudly maheu maheu they all came down he went on do you see that will that hold it's a two-penny half-penny construction here is a beam which the posts don't carry already it was done so hastily by jove i understand how it is that the mending costs us so much it'll do won't it if it lasts as long as you have the care of it and then it may go smash and the company is obliged to have an army of repairers look at it down there 
it is mere botching chaval wished to speak but he silenced him no i know what you are going to say let them pay you more eh very well i warn you that you will force the managers to do something they will pay you the planking separately and proportionately reduce the price of the trams we shall see if you will gain that way meanwhile prop that over again at once i shall pass to-morrow amid the dismay caused by this threat he went away dancered who had been so humble remained behind a few moments to say brutally to the men you get me into a row you hear i'll give you something more than three francs fine i will look out then when he had gone maheu broke out in his turn by god what's fair is fair i like people to be calm because that's the only way of getting along but at last they make you mad did you hear the tram lowered and the planking separately another way of paying us less by god it is he looked for someone upon whom to vent his anger and saw catherine and etienne swinging their arms will you just fetch me some wood what does it matter to you i'll put my foot into you somewhere etienne went to carry it without rancor for this rough speech so furious himself against the masters that he thought the miners too good-natured as for the others levaque and chaval had found relief in strong language all of them even zacharie were timbering furiously for nearly half an hour one only heard the creaking of wood wedged in by blows of the hammer they no longer spoke they snorted became enraged with the rock which they would have hustled and driven back by the force of their shoulders if they had been able that's enough said maheu at last worn out with anger and fatigue an hour and a half a fine day's work we shan't get fifty sous i'm off this disgusts me though there was still half an hour of work left he dressed himself the others imitated him the mere sight of the cutting enraged them as the putter had gone back to the haulage they called her irritated at her zeal let the coal take care of itself and the six their tools under their arms set out to walk the two kilometres back returning to the shaft by the road of the morning at the chimney catherine and etienne were delayed while the pikemen slid down they met little lydie who stopped in a gallery to let them pass and told them of the disappearance of moquette whose nose had been bleeding so much that she had been away an hour bathing her face somewhere no one knew where then when they left her the child began again to push her tram weary and muddy stiffening her insect-like arms and legs like a lean black ant struggling with a load that was too heavy for it they let themselves down on their backs flattening their shoulders for fear of scratching the skin on their foreheads and they walked so close to the polished rock at the back of the stalls that they were obliged from time to time to hold on to the woodwork so that their backsides should not catch fire as they said jokingly below they found themselves alone red stars appeared afar at a bend in the passage their cheerfulness fell they began to walk with the heavy step of fatigue she in front he behind their lamps were blackened he could scarcely see her drowned in a sort of smoky mist 
and the idea that she was a girl disturbed him because he felt that it was stupid not to embrace her and yet the recollection of the other man prevented him certainly she had lied to him the other was her lover they lay together on all those heaps of slaty coal for she had a loose woman's gait he sulked without reason as if she had deceived him she however every moment turned round warned him of obstacles and seemed to invite him to be affectionate they were so lost here it would have been so easy to laugh together like good friends at last they entered the large haulage gallery it was a relief to the indecision from which he was suffering while she once more had a saddened look the regret for a happiness which they would not find again now the subterranean life rumbled around them with the continual passing of captains the come and go of the trams drawn by trotting horses lamps starred the night everywhere they had to efface themselves against the rock to leave the path free to shadowy men and beasts whose breath came against their faces jeanlin running barefooted behind his tram cried out some naughtiness to them which they could not hear amid the thunder of the wheels they still went on she now silent he not recognizing the turnings and roads of the morning and fancying that she was leading him deeper and deeper into the earth and what specially troubled him was the cold an increasing cold which he had felt on emerging from the cutting and which caused him to shiver the more the nearer they approached the shaft between the narrow walls the column of air now blew like a tempest they despaired of ever coming to the end when suddenly they found themselves in the pit-eye hall chaval cast a sidelong glance at them his mouth drawn with suspicion the others were there covered with sweat in the icy current silent like himself swallowing their grunts of rage they had arrived too soon and could not be taken to the top for half an hour more especially since some complicated manoeuvres were going on for lowering a horse the porters were still rolling the trams with the deafening sound of old iron in movement and the cages were flying up disappearing in the rain which fell from the black hole below the sump a cesspool ten metres deep filled with this streaming water also exhaled its muddy moisture men were constantly moving around the shaft pulling the signal cords pressing on the arms of levers in the midst of this spray in which their garments were soaked the reddish light of three open lamps cut out great moving shadows and gave to this subterranean hall the air of a villainous cavern some bandit's forge near a torrent maheu made one last effort he approached Piron, who had gone on duty at six o'clock here you might as well let us go up but the porter a handsome fellow with strong limbs and a gentle face refused with a frightened gesture impossible asked the captain they would find me fresh growls were stifled catherine bent forward and said in etienne's ear come and see the stable then that's a comfortable place and they had to escape without being seen for it was forbidden to go there it was on the left at the end of a short gallery twenty-five metres in length and nearly four high cut in the rock and vaulted with bricks it could contain twenty horses it was in fact comfortable there 
there was a pleasant warmth of living beasts the good odour of fresh and well-kept litter the only lamp threw out the calm rays of a night-light there were horses there at rest who turned their heads with their large infantine eyes then went back to their hay without haste like fat well-kept workers loved by everybody but as catherine was reading aloud their names written on zinc plates over the mangers she uttered a slight cry seeing something suddenly rise before her it was moquette who emerged in fright from a pile of straw in which she was sleeping on monday when she was overtired with her sunday spree she gave herself a violent blow on the nose and left her cutting under the pretence of seeking water to bury herself here with the horses in the warm litter her father being weak with her allowed it and at the risk of getting into trouble just then mock the father entered a short bald worn-out-looking man but still stout which is rare in an old miner of fifty since he had been made a groom he chewed to such a degree that his gums bled in his black mouth on seeing the two with his daughter he became angry what are you up to there all of you come up the jades bringing a man here it's a fine thing to come and do your dirty tricks in my straw moquette thought it funny and held her sides but etienne feeling awkward moved away while catherine smiled at him as all three returned to the pit-eye bebert and jeanlin arrived there also with a train of tubs there was a stoppage for the manoeuvring of the cages and the young girl approached their horse caressed it with her hand and talked about it to her companion it was bataille the doyen of the mine a white horse who had lived below for ten years these ten years he had lived in this hole occupying the same corner of the stable doing the same task along the black galleries without ever seeing daylight very fat with shining coat and a good-natured air he seemed to lead the existence of a sage sheltered from the evils of the world above in this darkness too he had become very cunning the passage in which he worked had grown so familiar to him that he could open the ventilation doors with his head and he lowered himself to avoid knocks at the narrow spots without doubt also he counted his turns for when he had made the regulation number of journeys he refused to do any more and had to be led back to his manger now that old age was coming on his cat's eyes were sometimes dimmed with melancholy perhaps he vaguely saw again in the depths of his obscure dreams the mill at which he was born near marchienne a mill placed on the edge of the scarp surrounded by large fields over which the wind always blew something burnt in the air an enormous lamp the exact appearance of which escaped his beast's memory and he stood with lowered head trembling on his old feet making useless efforts to recall the sun meanwhile the manoeuvres went on in the shaft the signal hammer had struck four blows and the horse was being lowered there was always excitement at such a time for it sometimes happened that the beast was seized by such terror that it was landed dead when put into a net at the top it struggled fiercely then when it felt the ground no longer beneath it it remained as if petrified and disappeared without a quiver of the skin with enlarged and fixed eyes this animal being too big to pass between the guides 
it had been necessary when hooking it beneath the cage to pull down the head and attach it to the flanks the descent lasted nearly three minutes the engine being slowed as a precaution below the excitement was increasing what then was he going to be left on the road hanging in the blackness at last he appeared in his stony immobility his eye fixed and dilated with terror it was a bay horse hardly three years of age called trompette attention cried father mock whose duty it was to receive it bring him here don't undo him yet trompette was soon placed on the metal floor in a mass still he did not move he seemed in a nightmare in this obscure infinite hole this deep hall echoing with tumult they were beginning to unfasten him when bataille who had just been unharnessed approached and stretched out his neck to smell this companion who lay on the earth the workman jokingly enlarged the circle well what pleasant odour did he find in him but bataille deaf to mockery became animated he probably found in him the good odour of the open air the forgotten odour of the sun on the grass and he suddenly broke out into a sonorous neigh full of musical gladness in which there seemed to be the emotion of a sob it was a greeting the joy of those ancient things of which a gust had reached him the melancholy of one more prisoner who would not ascend again until death ah that animal bataille shouted the workmen amused at the antics of their favourite he's talking with his mate trompette was unbound but still did not move he remained on his flank as if he still felt the net restraining him garroted by fear at last they got him up with a lash of the whip dazed and his limbs quivering and father mock led away the two beasts fraternizing together here is it ready yet asked maheu it was necessary to clear the cages and besides it was yet ten minutes before the hour for ascending little by little the stalls emptied and the miners returned from all the galleries there were already some fifty men there damp and shivering their inflamed chests panting on every side perron in spite of his mawkish face struck his daughter lydie because she had left the cutting before time zachary slyly pinched moquette with a joke about warming himself but the discontent increased chaval and levaque narrated the engineer's threat the tram to be lowered in price and the planking paid separately and exclamations greeted the scheme a rebellion was germinating in this little corner nearly six hundred metres beneath the earth soon they could not restrain their voices these men soiled by coal and frozen by the delay accused the company of killing half their workers at the bottom and starving the other half to death etienne listened trembling quick quick repeated the captain Richon, to the porters he hastened the preparations for the ascent not wishing to be hard pretending not to hear however the murmurs became so loud that he was obliged to notice them they were calling out behind him that this would not last always and that one fine day the whole affair would be smashed up you're sensible he said to maheu make them hold their tongues when one hasn't got power one must have sense but maheu who was getting calm and had at last become anxious did not interfere suddenly the voices fell 
Negrel and Densard, returning from their inspection, entered from a gallery, both of them sweating. The habit of discipline made the men stand in rows, while the engineer passed through the group without a word. He got into one tram, and the head captain into another. The signal was sounded five times, ringing for the butcher's meat, as they said for the master's, and the cage flew up in the air in the midst of a gloomy silence. End of section five.